0: Everybody and welcome to the Cedar Country Podcast in our first post-quarantine recording. It has been what? Uh let's see. About five months since the last time we recorded. Do you remember the last time we recorded, Ray? I have no idea when we last recorded. You don't remember it at all? No. I'll give you a hint. I had to jury rig a wax system to be able to record you oh, yeah, over yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. I was testing to see if doing Remote recording would be a viable option in case things got way worse than they did, which uh, they didn't really. Um, We just ended up taking a break for like I had a promotion I was dealing with at work because I was uh, considered an essential work am considered an essential worker. So I had to continue working through all of it and everything. And I mean, as of right now, a lot of the world is still got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, our home state of Michigan still got a lot of stuff going on. we were hanging out today and we ended up going and grabbing a bite to eat at a sit down restaurant, which I think is the first time I've been to one since February. So since coronavirus stuff started. And so, and we had to wear a mask in and when we left, um, other than when we were sitting and eating. So that's where we're at now in the time when we're recording this, but it's great to be back. I'm actually, editing-wise, working on one of my favorite episodes. If you've already listened to it, I hope it was as good as I remember from us recording. We actually, because I was going to work on, fun story, I was going to work on editing that episode last night, and we here in our hometown, uh, where I still live, we had a pretty nasty storm. Like We typically, the way the geography is, and the way storms typically move through the area, with all the great lakes and all that, we typically in this town don't get hit with the brunt of the storm. It usually gets further south, um, towards like Grand Rapids and all that. But it just so happened that the storm, like the worst part of the storm, actually came through here. So when I left, I've been I've been away from home since about uh, gee eleven thirty. It was it was definitely around noon because I distinctly remember. Uh, B9, I had B93 on and they were going to be doing the national anthem, which they do every day at noon. So I knew, I know I had to be around noon.
1: Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. You were, you were
0: waiting for No, 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 me. No, no, no. I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I was still driving. Uh, I ended up, uh, I sat in the McDonald's parking lot for, cause there was the cell tower coverage over here was also kind of down. Uh, it was better than usual when power goes out. Usually when the power goes out, I have no internet, but the internet connection was actually pretty okay. Surprisingly this time. Uh, But it still wasn't like uh, when I went to bed last night, I had like two bars LTE and then I woke up today and I had like three bars and it was one X so I couldn't do anything on the Internet. So I had no idea if anybody had contacted me from for work or anything. So I just I was like, well, I planned on like going to the beach or going fishing or something. today, And I knew that you and I were going to be hanging out. So I was like, I'm just going to go over because I know that my cell reception will probably be better over there and just like chill there for the day till we hung out. So I ended up, I drove over there and I parked at McDonald's and I sat in the parking lot for a little bit, just like checking notifications on my phone and stuff and getting updates and things. Uh, And then I got food there for lunch. And then from there, I think I went over and I, I think I sat over in the parking lot at the high school, which is a very nice spot, especially today. There was like a nice breeze and it was cool. Uh, It wasn't like cold, but it was like a nice, it reminded me of like early autumn, even though it's still summer. Like mid-summer late summer whatever so but it was like a nice day and so i was just like listening to music and chilling in the high school parking lot for a couple hours it was it was pretty nice i was worried someone was going to come and be like what are you doing here because <laughs> like school's not in session i'm just some random dude sitting in a school parking lot but nobody nobody came over to say anything i mean i wasn't like trying to do anything i was just sitting there waiting yeah but the power was out and so then you and i went over and we tried going fishing but they couldn't find any good fishing spots today uh, we were trying some new spots so kind of give up on that then when i went over and ate at a local eatery um uh, i think it's the first it's the first time i've ever been inside the restaurant the first time i've had anything but pizza from there and it was pretty good actually really good but that's when i found out and i looked
1: up a hidden little gem and
0: well it's it's not there. really hidden and it's, it's just newer but then I was like, I should probably see like what they're estimating for the power to come back on back at home. So I like punched in the information, and it was like the power should be restored. And I was like, what? So then I found out, yeah, the power is back on here at home. So here we are, <laughs> recording. So pretty interesting day. It's a it's a good day. Um, it's a good day. Uh, but anyways, despite being five months and me thinking over the few a few months like about. Different things to talk about. Actually, what I've started working on is I'd promised that we'd have playlists of all the music that we talk about on the show. Um, and I have that completed both on Spotify and on YouTube for, as of right now, for the first episode of the podcast. There's a playlist on our YouTube channel and that I created over on Spotify. That has the episode because you can make now you can on Spotify. I don't know if you know this, but you can make playlists that have podcast episodes and music in them. So I have all the music that I could find that we talked about because there's a few things that we talked about, like some local bands and things that don't have their music on Spotify. And in some cases, I had to make do with like studio versions or a different song or whatever. Um, I think the YouTube playlist is better because it has all the music we talked about. And for because uh, in that episode, we talked about concerts a few different concerts that were coming up or that had happened like we write any anything we even like just like mentioned i just was putting in there so people could like listen to it and have it for reference for what we were talking about so for those for youtube i was able to find for most of them an interesting little story with that um here in a second but i was able to find like a recording that somebody ideally like a professional recorder like professional videographer or whatever had made for at the specific concert we we're talking about. So I guess it really was meant to be that I wasn't going to go see Willie Nelson and Alison Krauss. Do you remember we, we talked about that concert really early on in the podcast Yeah. that they were coming to town and I was really excited to see him, but then I ended up not being able to go see him mm-hmm. would not have worked out anyway, because I found out I was trying to find for that concert. I was like looking all over YouTube. I'm like, why can't I find any recordings of that concert? They had to cancel the concert because Willie had some minor health issue he had to, like, deal with that day. So that that concert got canceled. So instead, I just found a clip from their, like, next concert, which was in Ohio. So that <laughs> I guess it really wasn't meant to be. But it was. I didn't even realize that the, con- the concert had gotten canceled until this would have been, like, a couple months ago. And that concert was back in, like, I don't know, August, like, I, literally a year ago from right now. But, like almost a year ago from when I was looking this stuff up but anyways so <laughs> I haven't gotten the second episode or any other ones past that done because I don't know if you remember Ray but the second episode of our podcast was the first one where we talk about where we started going through the history of country music like popular country music and you know we started with where we're really far back in time mm-hmm. pre recorded music so what I've Decided to do is I am finding the sheet music for all of it, trying to figure out what instruments would have been around and then recording a version of what it might've sounded like when it had been performed back then. Like using, using the, like the, I mean, granted, I don't know how to play most instruments. I can kind of play keyboard, but I'm not even really great at that anymore. I can play French horn, Maybe I don't know it's I haven't played one in like six years, seven years now, but so it's just you know MIDI digital instruments through garageband that I'm doing this, but it's like if, if there's like vocal parts, I'm actually doing the vocals um I haven't actually recorded any of them, but I've done work on some of them I've gotten we cover like about I don't know fifty songs an episode at least that's my goal going forward until we get to recorded music <laughs> but um. I've got three songs and one and two of them are technically the same song, which I I guess I should also make a note that going back to that first episode with the first song being like, and um, I guess a couple of clarifications for that. And then going forward with the rest of them, the very first song on the list was, uh, had been noted as being as old as like 400 ad and that was like uh the the tune for yankee doodle with no words i haven't been able to find any information since then that um like i can't find the page where i found that information and i can't find any other sources like uh that say the same thing um i'm not saying that information is incorrect but i'm saying that it might not be correct so either i'm I'm gonna keep the song there and I'm going to try and find like dig more into it and see if I can find more information on it. But it's still, it's still like the oldest song on the list regardless. It sounds kind of suspect. Yeah. I don't know. It's something I'm going to be looking more into, but I want to, I do want to talk, talk on those briefly. So the two songs so far that I've gotten to the the second song is the same song, Yankee Doodle. However, it was, if you remember, it was the original lyrics, which are in Dutch
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I mean they I've, I, the lyrics are there, but I realized something while I was uh, working on it. Yeah, this song was popular before the Great Vowel Shift.
1: No idea what that is.
0: Yeah, fun little thing I learned about this like after we did this episode. There was something that happened. Between, uh, I think, like 1400 and 1700, that was called the Great Vowel Shift. It's a lot, it actually applies to why some of Shakespeare sounds kind of weird, like some of the rhymes are off. And it's because some vowels, most vowels sounded different or only had like one way of sounding than they do now uh, in English. And I mean, other in other Germanic, because English is a Germanic language. I think Germanic, Germanic. However, pronounce it because it's like uh, English, Dutch, German, and uh, there might have been one other language, or all like that. There's there's like a bunch of other things. I think it's something Scottish, really, like Scots, maybe or Scottish. One or one or the other because those are two different things. Apparently, Gaelic. No, no, no. That's a different thing. That that's that has different roots. Oh, okay. uh, but that's kind of fun because eventually I'll get to songs that are Gaelic or Scottish and. But hopefully those are those are more more recent, so hopefully it'll be a little bit easier. But uh, so I essentially I had to take the lyrics of Yankee Doodle, and I had to the lyrics are Dutch. So first I had to look at all the consonants and figure out how in Dutch are these consonants pronounced. Most of them are the same. Some of them are different. Um, Dutch and German both the um, a w doesn't sound like what it sounds more like a va but it's not va it's more like well l- i can't i can't do it offhand i'd have to like look at it again it's something it's not in the it's i remember it's like not in the front of the mouth it's in the back of the mouth um kind of deal anyways i don't get like super far into the whole language thing but i, I had to to figure out like and i i wrote a transcribe i ended up writing like a transcribed version that for me i would understand what i how i'm supposed to pronounce it so i had to there was and in different consonant and consonant and vowel combinations that have things different. It was like a whole thing I had to like look it all up. And then I had to go back after I realized this is all pre-vowel shift and figure out how did these vowels, how were they pronounced back then? And how does that change how the word sounded? So there was a lot of effort going into that. And then the next song, the one that I've worked on most recently, was The Battle of Otterburn. And I have found... I went and I found several different versions of the song that are all, fair, some of them are modern, more modern recordings, um, but some of them were like, one of them was like from the Roud Folk Index, which is the thing we found, and I went and I cross-referenced all of them, and I'm trying to include every verse in every version, from every version, so if like one one version has a verse that's not in any others, I still want to include it. But then, with all of them that have the same verses or similar verses, I'm trying to find the most consistent version of that and use that for what I'm doing. So, I'm still, I think I had just finished or was pretty close to like getting all that figured out to figure out what it is. And it's a long song, like it's very long. So, that's why, and I'm, and that's only the third song out of I don't remember how many we covered on that episode. And I have to write them all down and I have to record them all. So, yeah. So fun adventures during, I, I will call it corn, during quarantine, even though I wasn't quarantined. Yay. Essential worker. <laughs> during, during the past few months while we haven't been recording, that's what I've been working on. I shared on our Twitter the, for the first episode, if you want to hear that, all the, then it has all the songs that we talked about and all that. But anyways, uh, we, we kind of decided to do this on a whim, partly because our fishing thing was canceled. So, uh, for today, What we're talking about, I guess we could kind of cover some of the, because it's kind of a hodgepodge episode, another one of those hodgepodge episodes. So back on July 30th, Randy Travis released a new single, his first new release since uh, I believe there was a single, another single that came out that uh, made some headlines because it was like a new Randy Travis song but it was actually a song that had previously been released, just not widely released. It was like a bonus track from an album from the 2000s. But this is his first never-before-released song. It was released back on July 30th called Fool's Love Affair. It's very good. The song, uh, for those of you who don't know, Randy Travis suffered a stroke back in 2013 um, that left him... Due to his stroke, Randy Travis now suffers from aphasia, which aphasia is um, a medical condition that makes speaking really difficult and almost impossible in many cases. Like they can, they they still are very they they still have complete cognizant thought. They it's just that their mouths are unable to form the words that they're trying to say or want to say. But in, there have been a few cases, and Randy Travis is one of the one of these cases, sort of, where. Like there was one, there was a, a it was, I heard about it was like a movie was made about her or a documentary about, there was another, there was a girl that has aphasia that can hardly talk, but she's able to perform an entire song like perfectly. Randy Travis has been able, like his speech has been getting better and he's able to, he's able to sing a little bit, but it's nothing like, how he was able to sing prior to the stroke. So this, uh, this single that was released was actually recorded back in either the eighties or the nineties. And just recently got mastered and released um, called fool's love affair. And it's very good, especially for some of me as a big Randy Travis fan. It's a really, really great to have a new song. Um, But it's not the only new music that Randy Travis has been involved in because recently uh, it was about a week ago I went and bought several CDs. I'm kind of old school. There was in in college we actually in my one of my music uh, business classes we all stood in a circle and he was having people step in. He was like step in if you get if you get your music from streaming services like if you're subscribed if you have like a Spotify or Apple music subscription, and then he's like, if you buy it digitally and then, he's, and then like primarily, and he's like, and then like, step in the circle. If you buy your music through vinyl. And that was at that point, literally every single person in the room except me was standing in the circle. And he's like, how do you get your music? And I was like, I pretty much buy CDs. And so it's literally just me in the college. Cause my professor's like me too. So I'm kind of old school in the fact that, I, cause I, I like having the CDs. Um, because I like having a way to be able to listen to it, like in case I can't access my computer, but I have a CD player or a radio that has a CD player or my car. I just kind of like having like the physical, like having know. physical. Yeah, me too. And like, I don't have anything against vinyl, but like, I actually watched a video that proves that vinyl isn't any better or any worse than a digital master. Um, it all really comes down to personal preference. You look like you're about to fight me over those words.
1: I'm going to fight you.
0: Why? It's literally it's it's scientifically proven that it is as you can get as good of a quality digital as you can with an analog to, to just like separate it, not just vinyl, but an analog versus digital. It's as as you can get up to the same quality. There are some things the only, the, the biggest differences are with digital. There are things that you can do that you can't do with the analog due to physical limitations. I don't remember. I'll, I can send you the video later. I don't, it's, it was a very interesting video because I'd, I'd been wondering because I always hear all, all those, all those analog purists, you know, analog's better, da 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 da, sounds better, da da da. And a lot of it, a lot of people, it's, for a lot of people with i know with vinyl specifically it's like a nostalgia factor yeah and I, I, I kind of like click some pops white noise I, and crackles i kind of like the
1: yeah i, I like the aesthetics and so. the, yeah
0: and the aesthetic it's and that's perfectly fine they're in the music quality wise can sound as long as you have the right equipment that can sound as good as any digital version out there of the song but digital is not inferior so but a cd actually CD quality is actually inferior to vinyl or digital, because the physical limitations of the CD. But I still like CDs because they're still fairly. they're I mean, more and more as time goes on, it's less ease, because less less cars cars aren't being made of CD players anymore. Like newer cars and like computer, like Ash, his computer doesn't even have a disc drive because I bought him a CD for Christmas a year or two ago, and he's like, yeah, I haven't been able to add the CD to my iTunes because I don't have a disc drive. So it's less and less ease of access over time, but I, it's still easy, easily enough. And I like having the physical format and I don't know, it's space wise. there it's still going to take up. It's, would you rather have smaller, but thicker over bigger, but thinner because vinyls tend to be bigger and thinner.
1: And then again, you can't really put a, uh, a vinyl record. <laughs> I've never seen, uh, I haven't seen cars in a really long time that have a vinyl record player. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm sure there might have been a car, even if it was just, like, a novelty car. But generally, before, I mean, yeah, sure, the the cassette, ta- cassette deck with a cassette tape. But, like, before that, it was, like, I think cars had 8-track players. And before that, it was just radio. And then before that, you know, nothing. Because... <laughs> radio hadn't been invented or wasn't car
1: sing-alongs to... yeah
0: yeah basically but yeah that that's other nice thing yeah for like car trips but i mean generally i'll admit generally i listen to my music i import it into itunes and then listen to it through my phone or ipad or my computer but i still like having the physical cds because like i like looking through the booklets and things and I, it's yeah um same, but it's it's there's like same thing with like having physical copies of games yeah too, yeah. i like that also. and movies I, I all three of those i have huge collections of movies games and cds and i do have the one thing so with vinyl the nice thing is that like there's like you can if you have the right equipment and the right quality you can make digital versions of hi- vinyl um and i think that's mm-hmm. Uh, At least, gray area legal as long as it's for your personal use because you have the physical, you like you've bought the vinyl record or you have the vinyl record, and as long as like you're it's just for you and your personal use. Um, because I want to do that. There's some Johnny Cash records that are literally only available as records. Um, I've never heard of any digital releases and they're not on CD, and it's so, and so there are some of those that I want to get which have songs that have never been released on any format other than vinyl record but that's that those are records I'm sure are going to be kind of expensive because of that. How do we get onto this tangent anyway? Oh, I remember why cuz I was talking about I had just bought some a bun, some several CDs um cuz there were there was some new music specifically the two that had just came out like literally the day before I bought them. Both Tim McGraw's album Here on Earth and Josh Turner's Country State of Mind. Had dropped, And by the way, uh, the, the song that Randy Travis is featured on, his first studio-recorded piece of work post-stroke is an appearance on Josh Turner's recording of Forever and Ever Amen from this new album, Country State of Mind. So that and about that, I bought Kenny Chesney's newest record, Here and Now, which came out a few months ago. Uh, George Strait's either newest or... second newest i don't know if he's released another album since honky tonk time machine but i bought that i bought i already had kenny chesney's previous album song for the saints or songs for the saints so i picked up cosmic hallelujah his album prior to that and then i picked up a there was like two two different three cd collections of george Strait's straight out of the box it was part one and part one and part two part one is uh his career through 1985 i think and then 1986 to 2016 is part two, so I picked up all those CDs. I um, actually sent you those with the meme of the of uh, who's that kid? The Simpsons. <sighs> Ralph. Yeah, Ralph. With the the chuckles, I'm in trouble, but I but it's modified to say chuckles. I have a problem. Problem of buying way too many CDs. So yeah, but I got all those. Oh, there is also if you going back to the Spotify thing because I have our Instagram page open. If you're on, on Instagram, we're at, at Cedar C E D A R C O U N T R Y, and there's a Spotify code, whatever barcode thing for the playlist. Uh, if anybody's interested in that, but anyways, on to the bread and butter of what we decided to talk about. Uh, this was an idea that you, because like I like I said earlier, we had kind of decided to do this almost last minute but it was an idea that you had posed to me while we were out having dinner earlier on what to talk about even though i've just spent probably the past half hour yapping about various things as i like to do
1: that's what you're good at
0: <laughs> yeah it sure is this is rj
1: ash ray brandon Brandon, harrison
0: and bronson we host a dungeons and dragons podcast called realms and nerds some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit
1: blowing up hot tubs killing off fan favorite characters high necromancers inappropriate wedding etiquette and every now and then actually good
0: storytelling Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Podcast contains cussing and adult humor. Listener discretion advised.
1: All right, so. We were thinking about doing the topic of country songs that you didn't know were covers. Ooh. And this is uh, covers of other country songs or from any genre? Any genre. Any genre. Ooh. Any genre. Okay. All right. Lay it on me. So, did you know My Maria by Brooks and Dunn was a cover? I actually did. I've, I've heard...
0: I don't remember who sings it originally, but I did... It's not even a country song originally. It was wasn't it like a '50s hit by like, so, like a yeah. doo-wop group. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, because um, I'm
0: I'm pretty sure it made like the Billboard Top 100 when it the original version.
1: I don't know his first name, but his last name was Stevenson. Okay, hold on. I'll I'll look this up and see if we can figure out. Oh, B. W. Stevenson. Yeah,
0: there we go. B. W.
1: Stevenson. Oh, and we can't forget. Um, oh, and I guess it was country. Yeah. <laughs> we can't forget Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt Oh, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's the
0: one I think everybody knows I guess that doesn't matter It's kind of more of a I guess the country songs you didn't know were covers Is more of kind of the title to get people intrigued Than actually being accurate <laughs> Listen No, I get you Listen. I get you. It's just me being me But yeah Yeah, isn't it a Nine Inch Nails song, right? Nine Inch Nails Yeah I actually, one of my managers who really likes country music actually does not like, she's a big Nine Inch Nails fan as well, and she likes Johnny Cash a lot, but she does not like Johnny Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails. She's like, it's not as good. And I was like,
1: you were wrong. I was like, I would disagree with you. I
0: respect your opinion, but I disagree. I was like, Johnny Cash's version is amazing. She's like, it's okay, but it's not nearly as good. I was like, I think you're wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) I got one for you. Yeah. Did you know that Rascal Flatts' hit song "Life Is a Highway" is a cover, the one made popular by I the Pixar movie? I feel cars?
1: like I did know that, but I it's, don't know. I want to
0: say the original artist's name is Tom Cochran. Um, I actually hear this. I've heard the song before. Like, I think I heard it at the brewery once, or maybe it was at Art and Bev's back when I went to college. Uh, back to community college, I've heard it. I've heard it places. But obviously not nearly as much or as well-known as Rascal Flatts' version that appeared in Cars, which I love that movie a lot. I'm really glad I saw that one in theaters. I got to see it for my birthday when it came out.
1: (laughs) Did you know the Travis Tritt's Take It Easy Uh is an Eagles song?
0: I think – I don't know if I've ever heard Travis Tritt's version, but I think I've heard the Eagles version because it's the Eagles. Actually, no, maybe I've maybe I got that backwards. I've heard one of the versions, at least. I don't know if I've heard both versions. But I think I would probably have guessed the Eagles recorded it before I would have guessed that Travis Tritt had recorded a version of it. Did you know that uh, Tim McGraw has recorded... Actually, there's a few covers that he's recorded. Uh, The one that I didn't know originally when I first heard it was a cover. Uh, There's a song called Suspicions that he recorded for... uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm thinking it's from his, um, no, it's not emotional traffic. Uh, I don't remember what album was offhand, uh, but he recorded a song called Suspicions, which I found out later was a cover of an Eddie Rabbit song.
1: I think you were talking to me about this. I did. That the was the
0: one I mentioned it. when we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Was That was the one, because that was the first one that came to mind. The other one, actually, that I didn't know, and I think this one I did mention to you earlier, the song Sunday Morning Coming Down popularized by Johnny cash was actually written by Chris Christofferson. And it was written for Ray Stevens and Ray Stevens recorded it first in 1969 before Johnny cash made it really famous in 1970.
1: I didn't know that.
0: And also, I mean, this isn't exactly a cover of, I guess maybe, um, you are familiar with the song me and Bobby McGee, right? no, no, by Janice mm-hmm. Joplin? Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jan- it's a very popular, well known song by Janice Joplin. It was actually written by Chris Christofferson. So while not being a cover, a country cover of a song, it was like written by a well known country artist for like a psych I guess what she's like psychedelic rock. Yeah, <laughs> literally right there. Yeah, like a sacred, like well, very one of the most popular songs of the psychedelic rock movement of the like '60s is "Me and Bobby McGee," which was written written by country artist Chris Christofferson. So, not really a cover, but i I thought that was interesting because Sunday morning Covering down reminded me of that. So,
1: Alan Jackson's famous "Summertime Blues." That's a cover. Yeah, the original artist was Eddie Cochran. Okay. Here's here's two. George Strait, two different songs
0: I know offhand that are covers. And one of them is The Seashores of Old Mexico, which I believe was originally written and recorded by Hank Snow. And then the ever-popular Amarillo by Morning was, I believe, a Terry Stafford song originally uh, before he made it popular in the mid-'80s.
1: Do you know who originally sang Fancy?
0: Fancy, the Reba song? Yeah. I'm guessing that It's Reba. a cover. It's oh. a cover. <laughs> wow.
1: By uh, Bobby Gentry. Oh,
0: okay. Bobby Gentry. Okay. I did not know that. So, one that I guess nowadays would probably be more, actually be more associated with the original artist, but was originally well known as the cover version. Um, there's a song called Hello Walls made popular by Farron Young, but it was written by a young Willie Nelson and oh, yeah. recorded by him. Yep. I think his version's more well known now. Did you know that Willie Nelson's Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain is a cover? I did not. Yep, originally sang by the one and only Roy Acuff, I believe. Hmm. Uh, Another song that's been recorded by several different artists and popularized by him, uh, and I'm not talking about the Rascal Flatts song, but um, I'm Moving On, was written by Hank Snow and performed by Hank Snow originally. Um, The version I'm most familiar with was... Uh, recorded by John. Uh, it was released actually back in 2014, but it was Johnny. It was from Johnny Cash's uh, Out Among the Stars, which is like a bunch of stuff he recorded in the 80s that had never been released. And it was him with, uh, I want to say Chris Christopherson, either him or Waylon Jennings. It's like both of them performing. And actually at the beginning, Johnny Cash makes a quip about, and we talked about this before, but I misinformed it. It was the quip about, uh, Howie once asked Hank Snow if he wrote "I'm Moving On," and Hank Snow replied, "Yes, I wrote it all." Did you know, "Hound Dog"? Elvis Presley is a cover. Mm-hmm. By uh, yep, Big Mama Thornton.
1: Oh, I heard her! I heard her sing it like very good. Oh my gosh, she's like that, like that raspy, growly. Yes, oh. that's the inter- The interesting
0: Elvis, because Elvis was popularized by because that's. Uh, Back in the time when African American artists generally were not listened to by white audiences, but a lot of people in the music industry, especially the the beginning rock and roll industry, which was primarily started by black artists like Chuck Berry, Chuck, Ooh, Chuck yeah, Berry, Chuck Berry's Great. the grandfather uh, of. So sad when he passed away a few years ago. But like, but like him and Little Richard and all, like all those the the pioneers of rock and roll. But, like, the, the beginnings of that, all, all of these, these people, like, that worked in the music industry, these record owners and things, they knew how good this music was. But they were also aware, and, I mean, I'm not here to, like, say that they were also, like, well, I don't want to, maybe they did, maybe they didn't want to. Different times. Yes, different, different, times. different times. So, maybe maybe they did, or maybe they didn't want to have black artists represented. Probably not. I'm not saying because I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm. I'm just saying the stuff that I do know is that they were looking for now. Nah, like, there's like literally a quote about this: like a white man that could sing like a black man, and that's what made Elvis so popular because he grew up around the kind of music that they were trying to emulate, but with a white guy, and so it was literally just it was trying to find somebody that they could mold to fit for white audiences at, at the time of segregation and all that going on. Um, But, so that's part of why Elvis became so popular is because they knew it was good music and they had something that the audiences at the time would listen to and buy because he was a white man. Sad, but that's, that's part of why Elvis became so popular. Not nothing against Elvis himself. He was a great artist like for sure like they're they chose him for a reason he was a good artist it's just it's kind of interesting and a little sad that that's why he became so popular is out of in their minds the necessity of having a white man and i'm just thinking about
1: sorry i didn't mean to take it a little dark there but you're good all those old recordings of elvis where they had to the oh, animation. with uh,
0: where they had to like, from the waist up, yeah, because
1: of the gyrating <laughs> hips and
0: all that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Elvis was Elvis was interesting. A he, talent for sure, and like it's very the stories. Like actually, so when we get to that, I'll, I'll probably talk about this more when we get to the episode. Whenever we get to it about talking about the Grand Ole Opry, but he actually, I don't know if he ever even performed at the Opry or not which is kind of weird. The biggest country or country adjacent music artist in the world. And he never, I mean, I might be wrong. Cause this is just off the top of my head. He either never performed there. He definitely never became a member of the Opry. He might not have ever even performed at the Grand Ole Opry, which is wild because that's like the home, the home, or I guess like the, I don't know, the, the main concert venue for country musicians and country adjacent musicians, which Elvis was.
1: Interesting, right? Yeah,
0: a lot, of, a lot of the songs are actually covers And I mean, that goes back to the whole thing of them Having all these good songs by African-American artists That they wanted recorded by a white guy That, quote, could sound like a black guy Or pseudo-quote So, like, that one or um, One of the other ones we talked about Because we talked about I learned about this in my American Popular Music class I took back in community college and, and we actually would like listen to the different versions and there was like a whole this was like a whole section on like and it was on it's on a whole thing it was it's the the segregation era of the 50s and 60s and like hearing the different versions the original version and the cover version is made for the mainstream white audiences are sometimes it's it's wild sometimes like uh there was a not speaking of going back to cars and I know we're, we're getting way off base of the country covers here <laughs> yeah. um there was a Um, And this isn't also isn't really country. It's a a doo wop song. I don't remember the title offhand, but it's the Life Could Be a Dream. Mm -hmm. That song. Um, That version was actually not really well known when it was released because there was, it was another case of they had a white group record it. Um, And it was very, I'll say sanitized because it was a lot of the soul is missing from it. That's, that's something that I, at least in my opinion, feels like it happens a lot with a lot of the, Because and I mean, part of it actually has to do with the musical structure because it was structured slightly differently. Um, and it's, it's just one of the wild things about it. Like I didn't, because when we got to that song, the, the life could be a dream. Like they played the original. I was like, wow. I was like, I love this song. This is in Cars. And then they're like, and then here's the version that was popular. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, but the other one was in Cars. I was like, this is one that, like, if I played this, somebody would be like, hey, that's that song in Cars. And then, but the other one I'd never heard before. And then I could, there's like a whole nother thing, sorry, that I had in my mind. But it also derails even more talking about a song that influenced a song that the Blues Brothers played, which... While blues is country-adjacent, that's too modern and too different of a style of blues, so I'll cut my tangent off right here. Holy cow, dude. I mean... Listen, I I have a whole like hamster network of thoughts. That's how my brain (laughs) is. I'm, I'm a bag of cats. It's all crazy in here.
1: So did you know that Blake Shelton's Old Red is a cover? What? Yeah, it was a George Jones song.
0: How did I, how did I, okay, first of all, how did I not know it was a cover? Second, how did I not know it was a cover of a George Jones song? We
1: gotta listen to that one, this
0: is dumb. We're gonna, yeah, this is, there's a few songs that I want (laughs) to listen to after we're done, and that's definitely one of them.
1: I, I gotta say, I like the George Jones one better than the Blake Shelton one, but I usually like older artists more than newer artists. So, have you ever listened to the Steel Drivers before? Uh, yes, both pre- and
0: post-Chris Stapleton.
1: I was just about to say that, okay. Yeah, we've. I think we've mentioned that before about Did you know the that realization that he was the lead singer. Did you know that, uh, Chris Stapleton's Millionaire is a cover? What? Yeah. No. What? Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. It was mm-hmm. originally, uh, recorded and, uh, was the title track. Do you know who Kevin Welch is? I do not know. I think it... Originally written and recorded as the title track to Kevin Welch's 2002 solo release. Wow.
0: Sticking with Stapleton, did you know that Tennessee Whiskey is a cover? Yeah. I did not. I actually, I've, everyone was like, yeah, uh, duh. And I was like, what What are you talking about? Let's see, wasn't it? Um, Oh, okay.
1: I guess it was recorded by George Jones. Mm-hmm. How did you not know? George Jones go. is one of your it's one of your boys. Listen, I'm
0: an idiot. Also, this is the he wasn't the artist that I had known after I found out that it was a cover, the artist that I'd known had covered it or that had recorded it originally it was recorded by David Allen Coe.
1: Yeah, but those guys shopped around each other's music back and forth like, hey, I'm gonna cover David Allen Coe's song. I'm gonna Well it wasn't written by him though. All those old artists. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you know? Boot Scootin' Boogie is a cover. No, no way. Uh huh. First recorded by Asleep at the Wheel for their 1990 album Keeping Me Up Nights. Never heard of them. They're yeah, they're not a, as well of a known band. I mostly know actually know of them for doing covers of like old like they did. There was a song they did a few years ago. Um, they did a cover of a. Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys song, uh, My Window Faces the South, that they had Brad Paisley guest on. Mm. Are you familiar with the. I know you're not a big fan of this particular part of country music, but are you familiar with the uh, Jason Aldean song, Dirt Road Anthem?
1: I bet you I've heard it. I don't the know. Chilling
0: the name. on the Dirt Road. Yep. Laying back. It was, uh, you probably wouldn't remember it. It was. Originally written and recorded two different versions, one by each of the artists, although I know um, one of them features the other one, uh, by Colt Ford and Brantley Gilbert. All right, so from his second album, Brad Paisley has a song that is uh, a cover, which is kind of interesting. Actually, most of his songs are original songs, but on his uh, second album that he released, Brad Paisley has a song called You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive which was written by Daryl Scott. Uh, I don't know if he actually recorded a version of it prior to Brad Paisley, though, but Patty Loveless also recorded it and released it the same year as Brad Paisley for her album, Mountain Soul. And then Kathy Mattia recorded it in 2008 for her album, Cole. Did you know that uh, the song baby now that I have found you by Allison Krause is a cover?
1: I don't even know that song really good song
0: baby now that i found you i won't let you go live my world around you it was actually originally a pop song by the foundations released back in 1967 and then continuing with Alison krauss did you know that her song when you say nothing at all was a keith whitley cover
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: Yeah, we. I didn't know that. Yeah. I remember that was actually Keith Whitley's another thing we talked about in the very first episode because we recorded that on the, I think like the 30th anniversary of his passing. But yeah. And then this kind of leans more in the. So there's a couple more that I could think of that are way more well known for their original versions. But I know there are country covers of them by popular country music artists. Uh, Def Leppard's song, Nine Lives, was recorded by Tim McGraw, featuring Def Leppard. Uh, Tim McGraw also did a cover of Elton John's Tiny Dancer on his 2002 album, Tim McGraw and the Dancehall Doctors. I can't even imagine him singing something like that. Tim McGraw singing Tiny Dancer? Yeah. It's pretty good. Because you know how much I like Elton John. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, there was actually a whole album of of country covers of Elton John songs. The only one I've heard from it, it was there was actually it was it was recently, it was like uh, not even a year I think before uh, Rocket Man, the movie came out. You're
1: gonna make me find that album. I'm gonna find that album because that's a combination of two things yeah. that I love. There was
0: well, there was two different albums. There was an album of it was like a of pop artists covering Elton John's songs. I think like my like I don't think Miley Cyrus is on it. the The country album though is called Restoration, um, and the only one I know offhand is that little Big Town did a cover of Rocket Man. That was pretty good. Nowhere near as good as William Shat. <laughs> I can't even say with a straight
1: face, <laughs> Rocket, Rocket Ram- Man. Burning of his fuse of hair. The William Shadner
0: version of Rocket Man is the is the most buck wild thing ever. So speaking of uh, country covers of Alton John songs, there's also uh, for the I think like 40th anniversary version of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, it's not just country artist covers, but there are a few. There's three I think covers by country artists or. At the time, country artists, because one of them doesn't do country anymore. But they're, um, let me think, Uh, Hunter Hayes did a cover of Goodbye Old Brick Road. Uh, The band Perry did a cover of Gray Seal. And Zac Brown Band did a cover of Harmony. I like all of them. Uh, Gray Seal is really fun. I really, 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 really like Zac Brown Band's cover of Harmony. Probably because of the harmonies. But I mean, the harmonies are really good in Elton John's version, too. Uh, The other two songs that I know of that are, that have been covered by prominent country artists that are not, that the original versions are way more well-known are, uh, there's a cover of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven by Dolly Parton. I can actually see that being pretty freaking good. It was pretty good, yeah. it's, It's pretty good. It was recently, like, 2002. And then... There was a, a cover, I don't know if it was ever released as a studio track. I think it was one of his like later studio tracks, uh, if it was. Uh, but Glenn Campbell did a cover of Green Day's Good Riddance Time of Your Life, which was one I absolutely did not see coming. That's like Pump Goes Pop, but like in um. reverse. So the, they aren't necessarily country, but did you know that? Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City is a cover of a song by the band. What band? You're funny. The, <laughs> the band. The band called The Band. You left yourself open, bud. You knew it was going I'm, to happen. I'm well aware of that. So uh, the, we've talked about this before, but back in 2016 for the CMA's anniversary, they did a song with most of the living um, artists that had won Entertainer of the Year. Getting together to
1: record a song called "Forever Country," which in- I, I didn't know that they like. Did they clone uh, Garth Brooks a couple of times? <laughs> Garth Brooks actually,
0: uh, actually, this might be, or maybe it wasn't, or maybe it was male vocalist of the year, female vocalist of the year, whatever it was. Garth Brooks actually is not one of the artists. No, no, his wife Trisha Yearwood is, but he's not. It, it was artists. Let me let me think. Um, let's see, Reba. Dolly, Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Martina McBride, Ronnie Millsap, Charlie Pride, Darius Rucker, Trisha Yearwood, Dirk Spentley, Eric Church, uh, I think Casey Musgraves, Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, Randy Travis appears in the music video, but because this was recorded after a stroke, he doesn't perform on the song, Alabama, Brooks and Dunn, I think George Strait, I don't know, I'd have to see... Um, that's most of them. But anyways, it was a song recorded, it was, it's, it's a cover, it's a mashup cover of John Denver's, it's primarily a cover of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, but it's also got a cover, oh, and Willie Nelson's in it too. It's also got a cover of Willie Nelson's On the Road Again, and Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. Um, so it's like a mashup of those three songs, uh, covered by... The the iTunes listing calls them the artists of then now and forever. It's like male vocalist or group of know, the year. So the last the last thing I'm gonna mention for the covers is not necessarily just one song, but um an artist, and it's kind of a really obvious one. Hank Williams Jr., a lot of his early stuff, and even today he does covers of songs that his dad recorded. There's like way too many songs mentioned. Oh, Actually, no, I take it back. One more. Alabama has a song from Mountain Music, I'm fairly certain, called Green River.
1: I feel like I've heard that song.
0: You probably have, because it's a cover of a Creedence Clearwater Revival song.
1: Of course. Of course. Yeah. CCR, my
0: dude. Yep. Which I, I actually, I found that out by accident. I was listening to Alabama's version, and then, like, it was, my music was on shuffle, and a few songs later, CCR's version came on. I was like, wait, didn't I just... Wait, hold on. <laughs> Alabama did a cover of a CCR song? I was like, I guess I'm not surprised, because a popular 80s band did a cover of a popular 70s band. But it was it, it was one that I found completely by accident. Um, so, kind of continuing with a country artist doing cover songs, Josh Turner's newest album, Country State of Mind, is... Uh, A cover album. He did do on one of his live albums, he did a cover uh, he did a few covers. One of them I know for sure was of George Jones' He Stopped Loving Her Today. Really good cover. Uh, And on another live album, he did a cover of uh, Waylon Jennings' America. Anyways, but this is a studio album called Country State of Mind, and it's um, a lot of them are actually duets with other artists, sometimes the original artist, such as in the case, as I mentioned before, he did uh, Randy Travis's Forever and Ever Amen, which Randy Travis briefly featured Mm -hmm. on. But the whole album is an album of covers, Um, and it literally came out like July twenty nine or something like that. Because I bought it the day after. It was amongst all those CDs I bought. But anyways, for now, that's all we got because we kind of ran through all the songs that we could think of that are covers of by country artists of other artists. Which I gotta say was a pretty fun topic. I really enjoyed doing this one, especially because we got to do kind of a back and forth. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, for a spur of the moment thing, usually our spur of Yeah, the usually usually we just kind of chat about random stuff, which
0: was like the first half of it almost. And then, you know, me with my awful tangents that always take 10 minutes that are.
1: Dude, I learned so much when you do your awful tangents. It's I know, not but funny. it's.
0: <laughs> it is kind of funny because of how bad it is. But, anyways. But that's going to be it for us. I've been RJ. I'm Ray.
1: And we're going to ride off into the sunset.